Welcome to I Wish They Knew, a show where leaders in business and education share big ideas that deserve more attention in about the time it takes to enjoy a cup of coffee. I'm Joe Hirsch. Today's wish comes from Ned Johnson. Ned is the president and self-described tutor geek of Prep Matters. It's an international test prep company that helps kids get into college and prepare for a lifetime of success. He's also the author, the co-author of a book called The Self-Driven Child. And he's here with us today to talk about ways that we can help kids become more self-motivated and self-directed. Ned, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So I read about you, and you can tell me if this is true, that you have logged more than 35,000 hours of tutoring. I have, and, and read a few Malcolm Gladwell books along the way as well. So, well, yeah. you put 10,000 hours to, to rest. Right. I mean, that's like, that's taking 10,000 to the nth degree. Oh, and, and every hour of it was fun. Teenagers are pretty cool cats. They are, but they seem to sometimes lack direction and focus. What do you wish more parents knew and more children knew? about being success? Well, in terms of success, <laughs> um, kids are always directed. It's just a matter of whether they're directed for things that we all want them to be directed for. And sometimes they even don't direct themselves in ways that they would wish to, at least short term. But um, you know, I'm convinced, having spent a long time with them, that, that kids, all the parents to the contrary, they want their lives to work out. They want to be successful. Hmm. It's just that they may not always do it in the directions or on the timescale that we alleged, you know, grownups would, would ask of them. Um, and so a lot of times there, there are kids who kind of work against what's their own best interest only because someone else is trying to shove something down their throats. <laughs> and so, so the book that I've written with my friend Bill Stickshirt is a clinical neuropsychologist looks at how important it is to give kids, to fostering kids, a sense of control. And we look at this in kind of two aspects. One is a subjective sense of autonomy, that this is my life, that I have choices, that I get to make choices about what I'm doing. And the second sense is the brain system that, that, that supports that. That when, when we are in our right minds, the prefrontal cortex was the most recently evolved part of the brain that is involved in goal-setting behavior, in, in, in um, cognitive and emotional flexibility that puts things in perspective. When we're in our right minds, that part of our brain regulates the rest of our brain, including the amygdala, which is basically a threat detector. And so the sense of control ends up being incredibly important for kids to be able to tolerate stress and to get themselves motivated to do things that are meaningful. But so many times, students, especially teens, feel like they don't have control, that their lives are being orchestrated and controlled by the adults. Yep. Oh, yes. And you know, and it's, it's interesting because you think about, you know, a kid who's four or five or six has all this free time at school, free choice. And, and by the time they could be 14 or 15 or 16, they have to raise their hands to say, may, may I go to the bathroom? I mean, imagine if you're at work and you have to ask your director, excuse me, sir, may I have to? seriously, despite thousands thousands of studies that show the more autonomy people have, the better are the outcomes for, for learning, for career success, for physical health, for mental health. I mean, it's, it goes on and on and on and on. And so for me, even though I'm a test prep guy, the most important outcome of high school is not where you go to college. It's the brain that you've wired, the brain that you've sculpted, the brain that you've developed that you're gonna carry into adulthood and the workforce and relationships and the rest of your life. 
And so we, we just, we have things backwards when we're not really thinking about the healthy development of brains. We're thinking about all the other things that we think are so important short term. How do we shift that focus from outcomes to inputs to process instead of product? Well, I mean, there are a few things. I mean, one is that if we're really honest with ourselves, if we recognize that we can't make another living being do something against as well, you can't. And this scares the heck out of parents, right? But if your kid didn't want to do his homework, he could lie flat on the floor, close his eyes. What do you do? You're going to prop him up. You're going to duct tape him in a chair. You can't make him do it. Right. What we often do is make it so unpleasant for them to not do it. We use carrots and sticks, right? You know, for anyone who's a you know, fan of, of Dan Pink and, and, and um, Drive, that's all based on the work of, of Edward D.C. and Richard Ryan's self-determination theory that holds really, if you want intrinsic motivation, you need to foster competency, relatedness, sense of connection, and autonomy. But we tend to screw that up in the balance of it that we lean so hard on the competency that we erode the relatedness and, and the, the autonomy. And so, you know, I just go back over and over. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've spent, you know, almost 30 years now working with kids. I have neither carrots nor sticks, right? I don't grade them. I don't give them awards. I don't take with their cell phones. I can't ground them. And it's my gig, you know, hour after hour, year after year to figure out how to motivate kids, right? And I do it in this way that's incredibly respectful. We have the, the second chapter in our book is, I love you too much to fight with you about your homework. And we start, we change the energy. We change the energy because at least I was in, you know, a kid who just viscerally resisted having people make me do things. And, and that's going to ring true for a lot of people. If you don't like being told what to do, why would you force that on your kid? So many parents at the same time, though, and teachers even, I think, would say the same, is that they're afraid if that they don't actually intervene or orchestrate, uh, call the shots and, and move children. Uh, to a point of where they feel they're going to be successful, that that may not happen at great, at great risk. Take, for example, the recent Varsity Blues scandal. That ultimately originated from a fear that children weren't going to do it on their own. So what do you tell parents who are worried that if they don't intervene, their children aren't going to get to where they need to go? Well, I think that all of our fears are really not about the present. They're about the future. Right. And I say this with, with real sympathy. And I should and I want to point out again, my, my partner in cry in, in scribe here uh, is a clinical neuropsychologist, right? So he spent 40 years working with kids. We're learning is hard, right? There's dyslexia, there's ADHD, there are behavioral issues, there are learning issues. They're just think, these are kids where things where things are hard. But what happens is when we as adults put more energy into something than kids do, if, if I as an adult put 80 units of energy trying to get the kid to do 20 and I get more intense than I go to 90, the kid will do 10. It just, it doesn't change. And so unless you want to get on that treadmill of doing this forever, you're, you're really going to be, you're really, you're, you're putting yourself in a rough position. Bill tells this hilarious story where, you know, he, he would, if, when he met with a family, and this is tr so true for kids where things aren't going well. He asked, if you don't do your homework, who's most upset? And invariably across the board, my mom. And then he used this, this, this uh, therapeutic technique. says, okay, after your mom, who's most upset? My dad. Okay, after your dad. Um, my teacher, uh, after that. Uh, my, my tutor, my therapist, my sister, she hates the, the fighting, the dog who gets upset when we're yelling at each other. The kid's nowhere on the map. And 
that, you know, we all talk about, you know, taking kids and sort of picking them up and carrying them up, you know, across the finish line, dropping them on the side, going, yay, and giving them a little prize. And then we wonder why kids aren't self-directed. Kids haven't raised themselves. Now, I say this, understanding full well, the parents, again, are afraid for the future of their children. And if my kid is having a sucky life now, if my kid is a C student, that she's going to be stuck there forever. But we just, we don't see this happening. And, you know, I'm old enough now that I've been working with kids for a heck of a long time. Bill just turned 70. And if we could tell people that the struggles that your kids are going through now are just part of their path, they wouldn't worry about it. They wouldn't worry about it, right? You know, it, and it's just, it's part of the growth. And it's, this is easy for me, okay? In part because I, I grew up in a family with a lot of headwinds. My father was an alcoholic. He eventually drank himself to death. That was kind of tough. My mother struggled with her own mental illness. I spent three months of seventh grade in a pediatric psychiatric hospital. Whoops, not as cool as it might sound. Really, really, really hard. If anyone had bet a wager on me in seventh grade, say, this guy's going to have a great life, you would be like, eh, maybe not so much. Right. But here's the deal. I also wanted my life to work out. All these kids who are struggling right now, they want their lives to work out. And what we need to do is change the energy. Now with that varsity blues, that was parents. I mean, when you really, when you think about the message that those parents gave to their kids, they were things like, you can't do this without me, yeah. right? If you don't go to successful enough college, you can't have a successful life. Right? If you didn't get into the college of your dreams, you're not strong enough to handle that setback. Talk about disabling messages where, Joe, I have no idea your ed educational background. I haven't taken time to look that up. You strike me as a really happy, really bright, really successful guy. And you could have gone to Harvard, great. You could have gone to Hofstra, great. I have no idea. My parents were just and happy when that 75 came home and they put it right on the fridge. They were like, right? <laughs> goodness. I if we're honest, if we think about the 100 people that we know in our lives, even 50 or 20, who we say are just, are just have wonderful lives, have work that's meaningful, have the, have the respect of people around them, have relationships that are terrific, and then think, do I even know where most of them went to college? The reality is no. Because, and, and, I, and, I, and again, I'm a test prep guy. I'm not trying to talk myself out of work, out of business, right? But there are wonderful advantages in going to elite schools. And I am all for people wanting to do that. What I'm not for is, is having thinking that I have to, that unless I'm, I mean, because really, by definition, 90% of kids are not going to be top, not going to be top 10% in school. And are we really saying to 90% of the kids who come through the school, you're screwed, you're toast, and you better do whatever you can, including cheating, right? It's worth cheat. It's worth my going to jail for four years so that you can go to Harvard for four years. I don't buy that. <laughs> it's it's absolutely true and it's a very powerful message especially coming from someone whose work is getting kids into the schools of their choices it's a very empowering message Ned. thank you for sharing your wish today on how to become more autonomous parents get out of the way and see the long-term <laughs> view thanks Ned. you're welcome thanks joe thanks for listening if you like what you heard please rate and review the show it helps others find us for more ideas on how to communicate with impact, visit my website, joehirsch.me. See you next time.